Hello and welcome back to another episode of University of Law Guildford's Black and White podcast. I'm your host, Akil Balagopo, and I'm the BAME advocate for the Guildford and Reading campus. So for today's episode, we'll be discussing student reactions to the effects of online teaching and how COVID-19 could change teaching as a whole for the future. As the UK went into lockdown on the 23rd of March, universities across the country had to take drastic action on how the rest of the year will be delivered. The most common option was to shift the entire course online, allowing lecturers and tutors to communicate with students via platforms such as Zoom and Collaborate. Now, as we know, these types of courses already exist through um, open universities and many of the ULaw students also complete their course online as well. But for those who are accustomed to face-to-face teaching, the changes have been overwhelming. To discuss these impacts today, I'm joined by senior lecturer Daniel Boyle and LLB student Tate Cole. So before we begin, I want to let Dan and Tate introduce themselves and tell us a little about themselves. So uh, Dan, when you're ready. Uh, yeah, no, thank you, Akil. Yeah, I've been teaching at the Guildford campus for many years now. Um, so long that some of my former students are actually coming back to teach. So um, that tells you a little bit on how, how old I am. Um, but mainly I've been teaching uh, face-to-face um, with bits and pieces of online teaching during during my time um, and one of the um, one of the areas that I'm particularly interested in um, from a professional point of view is teaching teaching and learning experience of, of students and obviously the shift very quickly onto online delivery um, I'm very very interested to find out you know um, how students found it um, you know what what they felt worked what what they felt perhaps you know didn't work um and you know and have a discussion around any any changes that potentially i could facilitate in the future um you know should it should it ever happen again amazing so and take thanks akil um i am going into my third year of the llb at the university of law in september um i've done my first two years at ULaw and prior to that I did two years of um, a law degree in Australia so I've had a bit of experience in two different countries so it's been quite interesting to compare both of them Um, but yeah I'm really excited to talk about my experience with online learning and share the pros and cons from a student perspective. Amazing so um, I'd like to thank you both for joining me today so we'll get right into it. One of the most common issues that students face was the lack of motivation to attend classes. So I've been asking students all week for comments and their opinions on the course. And um, one of the comments I had sent through to me was that educating yourself on the course relied solely on your ability to motivate yourself to attend classes and complete the work. I think it's one of the main reasons most people would avoid doing an online degree. And that is what the last half of the LPC felt like. Um, now, Tate, you're doing an undergrad degree. Have you felt like this at all when yeah. it came to motivation to attend online classes? Yeah, I found that there was such a great period of adjustment. And because of the circumstances, no one really knew what we were to expect. So when it came to the fact that we knew we had to do online classes, I think that a lot of us had to kind of take a moment to actually accept mm. the situation before we began to get back into the swing of things because obviously when we were able to go on campus there was a routine set in place for us 
And once it then changed to online, we had to set the own the standards for ourselves and we had to have that self-discipline to get those classes done. Um, and I think the lack of motivation came when that personal element of being able to converse with people was removed from the equation. Um, so I think that, yeah, that's definitely how that arose. I personally felt a lack of motivation um, because I really do enjoy the social and interactive side of university. I love going in and talking to my peers about what we're learning about, what everyone's struggling on, and we kind of are able to help each other in that way. So when it's just you on your own, it can be quite difficult to remain as motivated as you would be on campus. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dan, like, have you, as from a tutor's point of view, have you felt a lack of motivation when it came to delivering the course online or um, have you been able to tell that students aren't really like focused on the class when you're teaching online? Um, I think one of, one of the things uh, that that we as tutors had to explore was ways of generating uh, interaction online, um, and you know there's various ways that you can do that. Um, but obviously, you can't read someone's body language um, as you can yeah. in a face to face. You you can't look at uh, someone's preparation in in the same way as you can, um, you know, face to face. So, um, I mean. From my own personal um, point of view, the because I, I taught across the LLB, the GDL, and the LPC, um, my general impression, obviously that there were exceptions, was that my classes were well attended, um, mm. and on the whole, well, the uh, the students seemed remarkably engaged um you know during during the session I'd, you know i don't know if that's because of my, i already had a relationship with with a number of them um before we went into lockdown and then had to move on to online that you know probably helped but then when it came to the delivery of the lpc electives um i did well i felt that um there was a good rapport established you know, with, even with the new students, but there were some in in one or two classes who um, one 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 individual I can think of who wasn't able to attend, um, and you know we, we do have a mechanism where personal tutors get in touch mm. to find out you know if there's a problem because that 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 does crop up as well um, from time to time. You know, in in the traditional form of teaching, because um, we we have attendance rates produced so that we can then, you know, go to a student to see if there is a problem. Um, so, on the whole, engagement in in my own classes was was pretty good, yeah. um, but I got better and better as time went by, in terms of being confident enough, you know, to ask all the students direct yeah. questions. Um, yeah. When we used the polls, I would um, expect everyone, you know, to, to vote. <laughs> and that would be a way of, of checking, you know, that everyone was there. Because the, yeah, the, the problem is that the difficulty that, that we had was that we couldn't visually see 
who was there yeah. And, yeah. And, and and in the back of my mind occasionally and and, and my colleagues mind you you wondered if someone had registered and then for whatever reason because a lot of people had a lot of stuff going on they weren't actually <laughs> listening actually yeah. to the exactly. session they were just signed in and, yeah. you know and and and, yeah. and and that was it that, that that is a concern you know and, and for me you know talking to colleagues across all of the the campuses that that is the one thing that we need to um try and find ways of you know spotting the the yeah. the student who might be there but is is actually you know disengaged yeah. um i think yeah i think that's the um issue with online it was um like many students would just log on and I think they would have got out of, say it was a 9.30 uh, workshop, they would have probably got out of bed five minutes before, logged on, and then yeah. the class may have started, but they're doing other things and key information might be being missed. So mm. I think that's mm. where it takes us back to body language because I think with some workshops, we couldn't see the lecturer either. So it was just mm-hmm. a voice. Mm-hmm. And yeah. many times it, it felt like it was just like watching a recorded workshop. Oh, really? Yeah, sometimes it was like, so it would be like a PowerPoint yeah. or be like a presentation, but it was only like a voice. So it would be something like a Panopto recording that we would have come across in preparation for the workshops. Whereas um, there were some uh, workshops where we could see the lecturer, which was, I think, a bit more... Um, welcoming i would say to the lecture and like when you can see the lecture it's a bit more Mm. makes more sense i would say so it does really vary between the delivery of the teaching yeah and i was when i first joined those online classes i was i didn't realize that no one would be having their cameras on so by the time that the online classes became a thing it had been quite a while since everyone had kind of seen each other so i think a lot of us were quite eager to see each other and check up on each other and have like a collaborative Mm. experience online so once we all joined and I realized that there was no audio or no visual like it that was also quite a shock to me and also again um, an adjustment period and it kind of made me feel less inclined to then participate because like you said you can't see body language you can't see how Mm. people are reacting how engaged people are um, so you just kind of felt in the dark a little bit. So yeah, I completely get what you're saying. Yeah, um, it is. It, it's 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 a difficult one because you know just 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 from yeah. our perspective, one um, when we ent- enter on onto the Collaborate platform, um, and we can see if a student is struggling with their connectivity or not. Um, through us being as a moderator and what I discovered um, was that bandwidth from for the recipient was a real issue because I would start my sessions off you know with with my video um, on Uh, I'd be quite happy to keep it on but as but as soon as more and more people joined whilst I was okay yeah someone would then report I can't hear you (laughs) you know um, and, yeah. and, 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 and and so, you know, I, I would say, well, you know, I do know that if if I take my video off, um, it will help your bandwidth. You know, I know that for a fa- for a fact. Um, and and so, you know, that that had to happen. 
um, in order for that that student, you know, to to be able to participate in the session. Mm. Um, yeah. So, I, in an ideal world, I totally agree. Um, and and we wanted, um, well, a number of us wanted students to open up their you know their video and show show their face. But the other yeah. the other issue is that um, you can only see a certain number of people on on the screen through yeah, yeah through the, the collaborate screen. platform which which is is widely used in higher education as um mm. as a platform that's put on by um blackboard who you know supply a lot of universities with it um yeah but the, the other thing as well was that i personally but i mean you two sound as though you were absolutely fine to to talk but when i invited people to speak um in a session they wouldn't they, sometimes there'd be some reluctance um yeah. because they didn't feel confident yeah. enough which yeah. i completely understand yeah. and therefore they were they were happier to rely on the um on the chat box function yeah. um We've and been... that seemed to be the most um well yeah not so much yeah efficient um yes but but the, but the place where they felt most at ease as well yeah. you know and and then if yeah. someone was you know said you know that's you know you'd say raise your hand if you, if you like to ask a question because you had that icon raise your hand yeah. and then um someone yeah. would raise their hand and i'd you know i'd say well yep yeah, please do ask you know, and then and listen to the question and, and, and deal with it. Sometimes in a session as well, um, you have to pick your time when you take questions um, because otherwise you can quite often something that you are about to <laughs> cover. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a, a question someone wants to ask and you're about to cover it. So you have to sort of manage when to, when to deal with the questions, um, which is easy in, in, in the classroom. Um, so yeah. you sort of have to, it, it's it, it's trying to get the best learning experience for everyone. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And this is that that exact um, point is what I had had think was thinking about with in terms of lack of motivation because I think that there is such a risk of every student not having the same access to the. Uh, like a the learning resources so for me personally all of my equipment that I would have liked to have used and which would have been ideal for online learning was in storage because um I've moved from Australia so I hadn't I hadn't had access to anything that was really the best quality of like laptops and desktops and microphones mm. and things like that so that definitely impacted my confidence in terms of joining the sessions and feeling like, okay, I'm going to participate and I'm going to collaborate, which then in turn affected my motivation levels of getting involved mm. in the classes. So I think that there's a definite risk if everything were to go online, that a lot of people may not have access to very good yeah. learning so resources. Naturally, like this would uh, vary with, each student so like for me personally like in a classroom setting yeah. I've always like lack confidence to ask questions in front of everyone like put my hand up and sort of thing so I would generally yeah. ask the um, teacher when the class is like working on an activity if you like um, 
yeah put my hand up and ask um yeah. one of the comments i actually got from an lpc student was that um having not like met the teacher in person she felt like she wasn't connected to them or feel mm. like she could ask them for any help on certain things um it was the same having not met her classmates either because if she was stuck trying to find a resource she did not know who to ask or she didn't know any of them um i think this applies mainly to more lpc students and more master students because um the lockdown happened in March and that's when we started our new classes and new electives so we were thrown into online classes straight away mm-hmm. with new teachers and um, new students as well so a mm-hmm. lot of them felt like it was a struggle because there was no that you know face-to-face interaction to see what a tutor or see what your classmates are like. Yeah I mean that's a that's a very valid point because um that's something that we've been wanting to address as well, giving people an opportunity to meet us on, on online um, or via Skype before before the actual yeah. session, so that they can, um, yeah. you know, that they can hear our voices. Um, you know, hopefully they can see us. Um, although again, the problem <laughs> is that they can't see us because as soon as you've got so many videos open, yeah. then if someone doesn't have great bandwidth then, um, you know, there's someone else working in that house because they have to work and that's and they're streaming at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it impacts the bandwidth of, 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 of that student. So um, we did do um, that with, um, with the January start students before they moved on to their electives um, and gave, yeah. gave the students an opportunity to, um, to see us and to come and speak with us. Um, and uh, and that seemed to work, although from recollection, only about what, maybe forty percent of those students took it up. Um, but it and but it was useful, you know. It, it was an opportunity to you know to, to to meet the tutor effectively. Shoot, the issue that I was saying we, we were talking about was. Um, people who are new to a tutor so it's the beginning of a module having the opportunity to meet the tutor beforehand so they feel then more comfortable you know approaching them with with a query yeah um and and there's there's the added issue of 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 what seems to be called in higher education at the moment sort of digital poverty which is basically you know someone not having sufficient bandwidth or not having um the laptop yeah. you know or, or the microphone etc to in order to participate and that's that's something that is is, yeah. is of concern to us as well um and i think that even in my llb class me personally i really enjoyed after class being able to go mm. into the library and i know that a few a few others mm. would enjoy that too and I think that because the library is just a designated space where the sole purpose of it is to do your work, um, it was also it was obviously a very productive environment. So when that was also mm. removed from the equation, and then obviously in my situation where all my learning resources mm. were in storage, it was quite difficult to kind of get into that pace and create an environment at home which mirrored the mm. same environment as a library. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, another concern. So that was the issues mainly students faced with online workshops and lectures. Um, but another concern was the issue of online assessments. Yeah. So for the LPC, we had a 3,000 word limit for the exam. And many students said that they found this daunting and because never in a normal written exam would you have a word limit. But um, people tend to type faster than they write these days. So for many, they found that keeping it under a limit was a struggle. Um, Tate, for your um, mm. assessments, was there any changes that affected you? And what did you have to go through in particular? Yeah, so I, but the three electives that I have chose that I chose were an extended essay, which was on company law, ch uh, security charges. And then I had um, a real estate and employment exam. And that was all initially what was supposed to happen at the start of the semester. And then obviously with the lockdown, the exams then changed to coursework. So the extended essay that I had already, that was capped at 3,000 words. And then once the other two subjects changed to coursework, they were both capped at 2,000 words. So that became a bit daunting because it went from just being one piece of like work, an essay, and then revision for two exams to then having to write 7,000 yeah. words. <laughs> So that was quite daunting and but once I kind of got my head around it and I adjusted to the situation and accepted what was happening it was absolutely fine there was just a lot of okay I was supposed to be doing palm cards and revision and memory type learning and now I'm having to think about citations and footnotes and structure and research so in that sense it took a little while to get back into the swing of things. But for me personally, I definitely enjoy coursework mm. more than exams. So, so I had the benefit. Like what of, you prefer, really. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So because I enjoyed it, I had the benefit of thinking, oh, you know, I, I can do this. I'm going to be OK. But I know that for a lot of people in my year, they really thrive and enjoy exams mm. a lot more. So there's definitely the question of yeah it, it really does depend on what you do prefer yeah. anyway um but yeah there was definitely yeah, an adjustment i think um, for many of my classmates as well they would so what would happen is we'd get the paper at half nine and we would have till half one or one to submit the paper and it has to be within the three thousand word limit yeah and many of them struggled to submit it in the end but luckily because of covid they had the extension period which where they can do it again in august but a lot of a lot of them found that yeah. as a hassle where they would rather prefer it being like an exam format. Yeah, exactly. Having it, you know, a lot it is a new um way moving forward, which yeah. is quite unfortunate. Um Dan, when it yeah. came to marking the assessments online, mm. was there any changes to that or did you see any changes in the patterns with the answers that students were submitting? Um in terms of um, marking this time, um, the one thing that was obviously noticeable was 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 it was typed, so it was easier to mark in yeah. in that sense, but um, but harder to mark because we were marking online through Turnitin, um, which is um, you know a more it's, I find it personally easier to work with, with with paper and you know and mark a script that's in front of me a hard copy script um, in terms of um, 
marking the LPC electives that I teach immigration, I I didn't notice um, any significance. I mean, this is purely anecdotal in terms of the quality. You know, this is just my own my own impression. Um, I didn't see any any difference in terms of um, the quality of answers um, that were being produced. Um, I I know I had one one student who was very very worried about um, doing it online, and she was thrown by the first assessment, which for her was possibly employment law. Um, but when it came onto the immigration one, um, perhaps because it was second or third, she she, she did it fine, um, and um, and and you know, and she was pleased with with her result when it when it came out. But that said, I I know for a fact that you know that, that there are some of the students who I've been a personal tutor to who have had great difficulty with it, um, and, and and some of whom chose not to. Um, to sit the sit the paper, yeah. which which I completely understand um, the, the yeah. difficulty that we have because of the social distancing restrictions um, was that it was in, it was impossible to um, you know to sit it in an exam room um, on, on on campus. Yeah. Um, I, I know that. Um, there were lots and lots of discussions across higher education on on how to ensure um, that the the assessment regime, you know, had the same rigor. But at the same time, it also because you don't want to come out with some results and someone goes, "Oh, that's a COVID result, so it's much better," or it's, you know, yeah. so you've got to maintain yeah. that, that that rigor. Um, but you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware that um, that it was a struggle for some, and and you know, me personally, I, I would have found it a struggle because my typing is shocking. <laughs> but then that's a reflection on maybe yeah. you know my own generation or or maybe myself. Um, I I'm trying to think anything else from from students because. That's the most important thing, really, giving a voice to you guys rather than. Yeah. I mean, I can give you my 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 impression, um, but yeah, I think it was more like straying away from the idea of an exam, and it became more coursework based without yeah. the reference without the referencing, and like I think when you just have that access, you just type and type mm. and then you got 40 minutes left to yeah. submit and you're like 200 words over the word count. You're, you start right. panicking and right. you may end up taking out points that were actually worth putting in. And... Yeah. Um, I mean, on, on that point, I mean, I'm not in, in charge of programmes and I know that there were discussions and there was mm. um, a lot of comms that went out to students um, trying to, you know, com clarify why you know there were things um things were being done a certain way yeah um but i can't remember off the top of my head what what was the um the, 
the rationale and the need for the 3,000 word limit, other than the one thing that I would say is that if someone who writes lots and lots and lots um, isn't always following the structure yeah, absolutely. That, that that we've given them yeah. to answer a question, um, and yeah, and I think it was felt that, that the three thousand word limit was, was sufficient, um, you know, to to cover what was expected. Let's say on on an LPC, which is, um, you know, very much almost a formulaic marking scheme, um, where you get the point or you don't, um, and it certainly. You know, from the many papers that I marked, mm. I, can't, I didn't notice any, a significant difference, but I just know people that weren't comfortable with it. And and I can imagine the pressure that you just referred to, Akil, yeah. about 40 minutes left and you've got to cut down your word limit. I mean, that must have been horrible, yeah. you know. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I, I completely understand that and, and yeah. you know get that and I would not have liked that either I've got to yeah. be honest I think, but... um, I think it's quite unfortunate for <laughs> students this year particularly having to be sort of like the trialists for this kind of assessments because I yeah. think moving forward and say things do not improve with the pandemic yeah um, there will be more opportunities for students to practice via the online method which yeah. makes them better and helps them to be concise with their answers yeah so yeah I think, I think it's it's yeah. an issue that students this year face because obviously it was their first time and it's yeah yeah it was unfortunate for them but, absolutely um, yeah yeah I think there has yeah, yeah go on. I know that I can't sorry I know that I can't relate to the LPC but in the LLB our last round of exams was in January so a few of us had realised that by the time we do our next exam, because obviously they will change from exam to coursework in the yeah. semester we've just had, we've realised that it would na- it would then be a whole year since we last sat mm. an actual exam. And so I think a few of us are then feeling a bit cautious or anxious about then doing those exams because obviously there's such a build-up and preparation that goes mm. into an exam. There's a lot of revision that you have to do each week because you obviously don't want to cram it into the week before the exam and I think the realization that it would have been a whole year since our last exam creates a bit of of worry around that area Um, but that's obviously of course if we are able to sit exams like you're saying we have no idea we can't predict what's going to happen with the pandemic well yeah I mean at the moment you know, I know that we are going back to face-to-face teaching in September, um, but it will yeah. be face-to-face teaching that is is different because of social distancing requirements. Yeah, of um, yeah, yeah, cause, yeah. I read an email that said that we will be able to go mm. into campus for our workshops, which I yeah. am so yeah. pleased about because obviously, out of the large group in the workshops, the workshops are the most collaborative. Mm environment so i think a lot of us are relieved mm. about that definitely yeah no, there's been some um positive like comments about the online teaching as well like even though a lot of students have struggled um coming mm. across them 
Um, some have said that the use of technology has been beneficial because for people who may live further away from the campuses, because mm. um, they're more likely to yeah. say attend the lectures, uh, attend the lectures as they can do it straight from their households. But then, like you were saying, Dan, there's always that issue with technology with the bandwidth, mm. and it's always strong yeah. that people do face. So, is would you guys say like you know, technology is it more of a hindrance or something that's quite beneficial? moving forward i would say that it can i think that online learning will be a very great option for a lot of people and especially on our guildford campus when there isn't accommodation because i know that especially in my llb class a lot of people commute and i think some people do like 40 minute to an hour journeys so i think that having that flexibility of being able to learn from the comfort of their own home like will work really well for them um but personally i definitely prefer going yeah. into campus apart from that though have you like found like any elements of the online resources like useful and is there anything that you'll keep yeah. for the future once you return to campus yeah i thought i definitely did in, still enjoy my online experience and i think that a big point that i would like to make is that the content itself remained very informative and very helpful so the difficulty for me didn't come from the how there was a difference in the content that I was receiving because I feel like it was to the same standard that it would have been if I was sitting in a classroom it was just the difficulty of taking away the personal element so personally there were definitely elements of online learning that I did enjoy I liked how you had the recordings there which you could go back to whenever you needed to get some more clarity on a topic or whether you wanted whether you had to rehear um, a few sentences just until it clicked into your head and I like that there also would be a transcript attached to the document so that people with different learning styles some may learn better with just audio some may be better with visual some may be better with reading so I think although it was just recordings there was still a lot of freedom and flexibility in the way that you could interpret the information so I personally did enjoy that okay. factor and and Dan from like a teaching perspective um what have your views been having to teach students via the online platform do you prefer the classroom setting or have you found it easier over the computer mm. I mean for me personally I much prefer the classroom setting um and I think the I think I'd be fairly safe to say the majority majority of my colleagues do because you know you you go into teaching because um you want that interaction you know you you want to see that yeah. light bulb moment when you know when a student you know grasps something um and you unlock that door you know and um yeah. and it and it's great you know to facilitate um learning in in, in the classroom um and and just see the confidence you know growing um among students you know from the start of a module as they progress um and you know and, and becoming more confident and you see that you know i couldn't see one of the one of the things was that we couldn't see um students and we found yeah. that really difficult you know um because we could only some people only wanted to use the chat box which i completely understand but but from our perspective in the same way as akil you you, you know you you said 
um, yeah. it's better to see the tutor. For us, it's it's better to sit here and you know and, and see see yeah. the student as well. But certainly, I don't remember students um, wanting to put their video on when they were talk when they were asking a question. Yeah. Um, and again, that could be any number of reasons. Like you say, you know, I think Tate, you said that they might or Akil, they might have got out of bed at nine twenty for a nine thirty. Um, or because yeah. and their home environment is such that it, it's not conducive to them being able to do that, you know, and, and I completely yeah. understand that. And we as tutors have to be and are, you know, I hope sensitive to, you know, to, to that as well. Um, yeah. So um, I think before we began recording today, I put a poll up on my social media asking mainly students if they think online courses will still be beneficial after the pandemic. Um, the poll's been up for like an hour almost, and currently uh, when asked, will online courses still be beneficial after the pandemic? 78% uh, have said yes, and 22% have said no, and that will still be up there for the day. But then I went on to ask um, which one people preferred, if they preferred online teaching or Mm. um face to face and 92% of people have said they prefer face to face so the mm. poll is still up there and can fluctuate throughout the day but um what do you guys think this shows for the future do you think new law and other universities may adapt more online teaching into the course or do you think we'll definitely go back to the normality of face to face after the pandemic I think that there's no harm in still having the ability to watch online recorded lectures because obviously for that percentage of people that prefer it online, it must work for them. It must be more flexible to their own lives, their own schedules, because obviously a lot of some people have part time or full time jobs with uni. So it might actually be a lot more beneficial for them. Um, so I don't think that there's any harm in having mm. access to that. But I think that the whole reason people well a big portion of why people come to university is not only for obviously the degree but also there's a social side of it there's an interactive yeah, side there's a collaborative mm. element um, and I think that's what a lot of people enjoy so I definitely see potential and it's great to see companies uh, upload all these free online classes um, that people have been able to do throughout the pandemic to keep their skills growing and keep their brains um active so i think that's a really great thing um but yeah like i said the, i think a big thing for me personally was the interactive side of it and like dan was saying earlier it's great when you're in a classroom and there's the atmosphere of the class when a topic finally clicks and there's that light bulb moment and i think that students really become motivated with that unity so I personally will be going back to campus when that's all permitted. Um, but yeah, I do see why people may enjoy the online learning. Um, yeah, from from my perspective, I mean, I, I know that we're offering, I think, a streamed option um, in September, but the vast majority of students want the face-to-face -face, um, yeah. option. And, and if you want face-to-face -face teaching and attendance mode, then the, you want to be there on campus. And yeah, um, and, and I think the vast majority of people still do want that. Um, I mean, on, yeah. online learning 
has been around for quite a few years now that we've been doing at, at the University of Law. Yeah. Um, so in, we were blessed in in a way because of the investment that there's been in yeah. in our media production team that we were able to um, produce recordings as quickly yeah. as we did. Um, and then, um, you know, there, yeah. there was some very good training on offer for tutors in terms of, you know, becoming familiar with Collaborate and different functions. Um, so, you know, the online learning has been there for some time and it is a growth, it is a growth field without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Um, but there will always, always be a place for face-to-face. -face. And, and personally, I think the majority of students want that face-to-face -face experience like you said they want that social interaction yeah. they go to university yeah. or, um, because they want to meet people you know face to face i think it's key yeah. just um the body language and like meeting new people and especially as lawyers yeah. networking is absolutely so it's so, so important yeah and absolutely. i think yeah. also there were some elements of like now like informal discussions with friends they felt like you know paying their fees just to sit at home has also been like a concern mm. for them so they want to make the most of that opportunity and you know if mm. they're paying that amount of money to go to university then that experience needs to be worthwhile mm. yeah mm. yeah no again yeah. you know do, do completely understand that um mm. but that's why when i did the online classes that's why i personally I felt like the content that I was receiving was still to a great standard that I would have received in class um so for me um I can understand obviously why people feel that way because the element of interaction has been taken away but I do stand by the actual content that we were receiving was still quite mm. informative yeah I think the content did like all say the same and like it was we had all the resources in front of us but um if, yeah. if you were someone who was lacking confidence to speak to teachers in front of the classroom or if there was some um, lack of motivation, a lot of the course, well, the second half of the LPC was mainly self-taught because you had to watch lectures and had to comprehend them. So yeah. I think it is something worth considering yeah. in the future, how important it is to keep that communication yeah. between the teachers and the students. Yeah. Um, yeah definitely and I think that the interaction on campus I think that it's it wasn't even just solely about interaction in terms of in class learning I think that obviously like we said going to uni is about meeting people and building friendships building rapports and networking and even just taking away the social side of it even just taking away the fact that you can come into uni and talk about what you're doing on the weekend and what's going on in your life it made a lot and then obviously then being stuck at home by yourself with your laptop that definitely affects the lack of motivation element as well because you're not in a social setting where you can jump off each other's vibes and the atmosphere yeah, um, Dan moving forward and like as a representative of new law um, is there anything students um can do to you know address their questions kind of get in touch with you and um is there anything that you law is doing uh for new students uh joining and as part of the online platform i mean they, certainly they can get in touch with me um 
or uh, you know the, the the program lead for their course at, at the campus um definitely because um you know if they've got any concerns then you know we'd, we'd want to know about those and um and make sure we address those um i know that, that there's been a, a huge investment in the student support services um as well um to, to make sure that um that, that students feel supported in you know in all aspects you know whether that might be mental health or um or anything you know that, that that's a barrier to their learning do you know do, do get in touch with us um i would hope as well um that, that you guys you know found your tutors always approachable even even online yeah, you know definitely. um certainly at guildford you know the, the staff you know are, are really caring i mean to be honest the colleagues that i speak to yeah. other campuses are exactly the same they're in they're in education because you know they want people to maximize their potential you know? yeah, absolutely. um and they care yeah. passionately about it and you know there's there's a lot of good people at guildford and, and across the university that want to make sure we're as, as student-centered as as we can be yeah. I'm, I'm sure that you know that like like anyone during this pandemic we've we've made mistakes um and I'm sure there'll be a process of review and people, you know, improvements will be made. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's, that, 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 that is inevitable, I think, you know, due to the unprecedented situation we all found ourselves in. Um, yeah. But certainly for yeah. students coming in, I would say, or anyone listening to this podcast, please do get in touch with me. Um, yeah. You know, my, my email address is daniel.oboyle at um, law.ac.uk um, there's no apostrophe in the O'Boyle <laughs> um, I don't know if my name will be on this Akil but uh, yeah um, we can get that included yeah. so they will have all access to your email address yeah um, because you know we, we want to improve the student experience as much as we can um, you know that if yeah. you know sh should this ever happen again um, so um, definitely get in, get in touch with us the program lead, um, the student information desk, the admissions team, and you know there, there will be things that, that will be put in place, you know, to um, to make students feel, um, you know, that, that they know what they're coming into, um, and, and and they feel supported because that's of paramount importance. Yeah. I think the one thing we can always um, count on is that there will always be support at ULaw, whatever the issue is. And yeah, um, the best person people to talk to, like you said, is um, your lecturers and your personal tutors and your peers as well. And yeah, um, yeah, I think we just we've all found ourselves in like a very unfortunate time, so things will always keep changing. And um, hopefully, it's for the best and we can all adapt um, to the changes. Yeah, and it will be helpful for everyone. Um, so that concludes the episode for today. Um, I would like to thank uh, Dan and Tate for their time for joining me on the podcast. So thank you, well, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, thank you so also much. Also to all of you listening who sent in their opinions and voted in the polls, uh, thank you so much. And yeah, I mean, I'd just like to say as well, Akil, I think it's a really good initiative that you're doing 
you know, here oh, with this you. podcast and, you know, getting this information Definitely. out, hopefully to a wider audience. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to support you in any way I can. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Definitely. I, I'm absolutely loving all the episodes that you're producing and I'm really happy to be a part Thank of this so one. Um, yeah, it's been great doing the podcast and I think towards the end of August it uh, might be coming to an end or someone might be taking over from me, but it's helped a lot of students get in touch and I hope it continues to do so. Um, there's always wide yeah, resources that's... available at ULaw. Um, so if you have any further questions, please do get in touch. Um, we're hoping the next few episodes focus on um, advising students on employability moving forward. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's also been a struggle for many due to the um, pandemic. So mm-hmm. hopefully uh, we can get Helen and Anne on the next podcast to talk about that. But um, thank you all for listening today and I hope you all enjoy the sunshine and see you all soon. Thank mm-hmm. you.